Welcome back to our series of questions and answers. In the last couple of sessions, we have been focusing on questions related to the Bible. We talked about how we should read the Bible. And in our last session, we talked about whether or not the Bible is really all about Jesus. And we saw that it is. The Bible makes that very clear. In this session, we're going to be asking another question about the Bible, and that is this. How should we interpret the Bible? Now, interpreting the Bible is not something that's only for, say, pastors and Sunday school teachers. Uh, interpreting the Bible is for all of us, for every Christian who wants to understand the Bible, because anytime we're reading the Bible or listening to the Bible and we're asking ourselves, what does this mean? What is this saying? What is this about? We're engaged in interpretation. And we know that the Bible has right interpretations and wrong interpretations. In other words, you can say the Bible means this and be wrong. And somebody else can say, well, actually the Bible means that and be right. And not everybody and not every interpretation that's offered is correct. So how do we interpret the Bible correctly? How do we interpret the Bible faithfully? How do we make sure that we're understanding the Bible as the Bible is meant to be understood, as God intends for us to understand it? How do we go about that? How do we do that well? I want to start with the story of the Ethiopian eunuch. You probably remember this story from Acts chapter 8. The Ethiopian eunuch was traveling uh, from Jerusalem, and he had with him a copy of the prophet Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. And he was reading a passage of that book, and Philip came up alongside his chariot, and he asked him a question. He said, this is in Acts 8.30, he said, Do you understand what you are reading? Now, that's a question of interpretation, right? You're reading this passage, but do you understand it? Can you explain it? Does it make sense to you? And the Ethiopian eunuch responded this way. He said, how can I unless someone guides me? And then it says, and he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The Ethiopian recognized he, he did not understand what he was reading, and he didn't know how to understand what he was reading. He needed someone to help him, someone to guide him. And so he asked Philip to join him so that he could explain. And so it says, the, the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? The passage he was reading. About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or someone else? The eunuch was not even sure is Isaiah talking about himself or is Isaiah speaking about somebody else here? And so it says, Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with the scripture, he told him, excuse me, beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. So Philip was not only able to answer the Ethiopian eunuch's question, but beginning with the answer to that question, beginning in that passage of scripture, he was able to tell him about Christ. And the reason he was able to do that was because the passage he was reading was about Jesus. The Acts tells us which passage it was. It says, now the passage of scripture that he was reading was this. Now see if you could interpret this passage, explain this passage, if you didn't know where it came from or who it was about. Here's what it says. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. Now, perhaps there are enough clues in there that you recognize that you would say, I know that's about Jesus. But you can also probably understand why the Ethiopian eunuch 
would have had trouble figuring out who this was about and why he recognized he needed a guide, a guide, an interpreter. And so the first thing we want to say, and we won't spend much time on this because this is what the last session was about. The first thing we want to say about interpreting the Bible is you want to look for the connections to Jesus. We saw last time that the whole Bible is ultimately about Christ. The whole Bible points to Christ, tells us about Christ, uh, you know, prophesies the coming of Christ in the Old Testament, uh, describes and explains the coming of Christ in the New Testament, and so on. So wherever you are, whether you're in Old Testament or New Testament, look for the connections to Jesus. What does this passage tell us about Jesus? How does it point us to Jesus? How does it prepare us for Jesus? That's a essential key for understanding any passage that you're looking at and seeking to understand. If you missed that session, I encourage you to go back and listen to that one or watch that one for more about what the Bible says about how the whole Bible is ultimately about Christ. But that's something you don't want to miss, right? You, you want to look for the connections to Jesus wherever you are in the Bible. The second thing you want to do is remember that the context is key, right? So if you're reading a particular verse or a, a couple of verses and you're trying to understand what they mean, you want to look at the context. And that begins by looking at the paragraph that those verses are in. So you've heard, for example, the phrase that no man is an island, right? Well, it's also true that no verse is an island. No verse in the Bible exists all by itself. The verses in the Bible are part of a greater whole. Typically, they're part of a paragraph, and that paragraph is part of a group of paragraphs, a larger section of a epistle or a gospel or whatever uh, genre of scripture you're looking at, whether it's an Old Testament prophecy or a narrative or whatever. It's a part of a bigger picture, and ultimately, every verse is part of the whole canon, the whole Bible. And so what we mean when we say that context is key is that both the near context, those verses right around the verse you're asking questions about, the, the paragraph that it's in, all the way expanding out to the whole Bible can help us understand that verse, that passage, that paragraph, that chapter, whatever it is that we're trying to interpret. We want to bring as much of the context, both the near context and the far context, to bear on that passage as we can. So for example, if you were reading John chapter 1 and you read the first verse that says, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God, if you encountered that verse outside of the Bible with no knowledge of the Bible, you might think it's talking about two gods. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God, so there's a God, and was God. So that sounds like a second God if you didn't have any context. But because that verse is in the Bible, right? it's part of the Gospel of John, it's part of the whole canon, we know that that's not what John means. Because in the Old Testament it makes very clear that there's only one God. In the New Testament it makes clear that there's only one God. John affirms that there's only one God. He's not saying that there are two gods. He's saying that the Word who became flesh is God, is divine, not as a separate God, right, but as a distinct member of the Trinity, the one God who eternally exists in three persons. You've got to have the context of the whole Bible to make sense of that one verse. And, and you can do that with hundreds of verses, thousands of verses. Uh, you want to understand the part in light of the whole, is what we're saying. All right, so remember the context. Read around it. 
look for clues in the verses, the paragraphs around what you're reading and, and seek to understand it in light of what the whole Bible says. The second, or the third thing is related to the second, and that is the principle of letting Scripture interpret Scripture. And what we mean by that is if you're reading a passage of Scripture and it's difficult, you don't understand it, look for other Scripture that will help you understand that part of Scripture. And the reason why we do this is because we know that the whole Bible is ultimately um, given to us by one author, one divine author, God himself. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is breathed out by God. So even though parts written by Moses and part by John and part by Matthew and part by Isaiah and so on, it all ultimately comes to us from God and as one ultimate author, one divine author. And so all of the Bible fits together and different parts of the Bible help us uh, explain other parts of the Bible. So we do this in normal life, right? If you think about it, uh, whether you are talking to a friend or, uh, you know, listening to uh, your pastor's sermons or, you know, reading a book by an author that you like or something, and they say something that kind of makes you raise your eyebrows, like, did they really mean what I thought they just meant? That sounded odd. And if you took that statement completely out of context and, 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 and didn't think about other things that person had said, you might understand it one way. But because you know what that person has said at other times, in other places, you use what you know about what that person has said already, what they think already, how, how they've expressed themselves already, that um, they can't mean what it kind of sounded like they meant. That, that, that confusing part, you understand in light of clearer things that they've said. We do the same thing with the Bible, right? I think R.C. Sproul talked about this in his book, Knowing Scripture, where uh, more specifically than just let scripture interpret scripture, I think he says we let the the less clear passages be interpreted by the clearer passages or the, the more difficult passages we interpret in light of the easier passages. So you might be reading a passage that deals with salvation that sounds a little difficult. Like, is that saying we're saved by works? I don't think that's right, but that's kind of what that verse sounds like. What do you do? You go to the verses that are really clear, like John 3.16 and Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, that make it very clear that we're saved by faith, right? Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10 makes it very clear that we're not saved by works, but that works are the fruit of our salvation. And so you take that really clear passage, right, that easy passage, and you use it to help you understand the less clear or the more difficult passage. You let scripture interpret scripture. Right, and then finally, the last principle I'll share here, and, and there are lots more things we could say. We could do a whole series on how to interpret the Bible. But the last thing I'll say here is that we should interpret the New Testament in light of the Old Testament. We don't want to try to interpret the Old Testament as though we don't have the New Testament or as though Jesus has not yet come. Right? We want to interpret the Old Testament in light of the New Testament. And let me give you one example of what I mean by that. In the Old Testament, um, in the law, there were uh, prescriptions about which animals were clean and which were unclean, right? What could be used in sacrifice or eaten or whatever and what could not. Um, specifically, we're thinking, I'm thinking here of the, the ones about like which animals were clean for eating and which ones were not. And in the New Testament, Jesus is teaching and he says, this is in Mark chapter 7, verse 18 and 19, it says, Do you not see that whatever goes into a person 
from outside cannot defile him since it enters not his heart but his stomach and is expelled. And then Mark says, thus he declared all foods clean. Well, that means when you're reading in the Old Testament about clean and unclean foods, Jesus is saying, at least for us now, right, all foods are clean. You are not defiled by eating foods that were classified as unclean in the Old Testament, right? That's not a contradiction, right? But things changed when Jesus came, and Jesus is saying these foods are not unclean. See something similar in Acts chapter 10 when he says to Peter in his vision, rise, Peter, kill and eat, right? What I've called clean, don't call common or unclean. Uh, and so we, we don't want to be reading the Old Testament food laws and, and think we've still got to follow those. We don't. We're not under those food laws, as Jesus makes very clear in Mark chapter 7 and in Acts chapter 10. So we want to interpret the Old Testament in the light of the New Testament. Jesus and the apostles help us explain, help us understand the Old Testament. They explain it in multiple ways, um, addressing multiple passages. They show us what the Old Testament means, how it applies to us, how our situation is different in some ways than those who were under the Old Testament law, and so on and so on. So you want to keep in mind, especially when you're reading the Old Testament, that I need the New Testament to help me understand what I'm reading and how this does or doesn't apply to my life. So those are some basic principles that will help you when you're trying to answer the question, even just in your own mind, what does this mean? Ask yourself, how does this point to Jesus? Right, what's going on in the context? What's going on in the verses around it? Are there other passages of Scripture that can help me understand this passage? And if I'm in the Old Testament in particular, how does the New Testament help me understand what's going on in this Old Testament passage and what I'm supposed to do with it? So I hope those principles help you, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen.